This sermon was preached on August 9th, 2020 at Sure Foundation Lutheran Church located in Brandon, South Dakota on the basis of 1 Timothy chapter 6, verses 17 to 21. I imagine that most of you are familiar with the word taboo. (laughs) Maybe it's because you played the board game, but I think taboo is still a relatively common word in our culture today. A taboo is something that you avoid talking about, a topic or a word, because it, it may be awkward or uncomfortable. It's not necessarily inappropriate all the time, but it's just something that you don't talk about. You can think for yourself what something like that might be, and I'd be somewhat interested in what comes to mind when you hear the word taboo. It seems like different people feel differently about different topics, but actually, by and large, something that is uncomfortable and awkward for one of us tends to be uncomfortable and awkward for all of us. (laughs) Believe it or not, our feeling of awkwardness is actually formed by our society and our culture in which we live. Our society and culture establish certain things that are considered normal and other things that are are taboo, things that you talk about and and things that you don't talk about. So here's our taboo topic for this morning, money. (laughs) And this one is a big taboo for the church. People around the United States especially are a bit cynical when it comes to money in the church. And sometimes they have good reason for being this way. Sometimes it's formed by poor experiences in the past. Maybe a pastor in the past has not spoken correctly about money. Maybe a church or members of a church have spoken inappropriately about money. And this has formed their thoughts about the church and money. Maybe it's just the fact that you've heard a story about something like that before. And other times, it's because we have a desire and an instinct to protect what is mine. And so if somebody starts asking me to give what is mine, my instinct is to protect it. No matter what the reason actually is, this topic has been taboo for the church. But it's kind of a shame that it has been. Because the Bible talks about money a lot. Yet we seem to avoid talking about it because we don't want to feed into the cynicism of potential listeners. We don't want things to get awkward at times, but I want us this morning to tackle this head on. I want us to talk about money in the context of First Peter, First Timothy chapter 6. And we're going to answer the question, what does it really mean to be rich? We're going to look at at the last section of Paul's letter to Timothy, the last few verses there. And I just want us to review a little bit. Obviously, Paul that we're talking about here is the Apostle Paul. He went on several missionary journeys, three that we have recorded in Scripture. and, And believe it or not, there's actually evidence that he went on a fourth one to Spain. We don't have that recorded in Scripture. We have some illusions that he wanted to go there and that maybe he did go there. And some people believe that he most certainly did, and some people are not quite sure whether he went there or not. But we have three for sure recorded missionary journeys of Paul. 
And on one of those missionary journeys, Paul met Timothy. And Timothy was a young man. He was a young man that Paul ended up taking on his second and third missionary journeys. But at the time of this writing, when Paul's writing a letter to Timothy, Timothy is the, the preacher, the, the pastor in a town called Ephesus, which you might recall from the letter to the Ephesians. Paul's writing this letter to Timothy as an encouragement to him, but also to give him instruction on how best to pastor the church in Ephesus. And these are the words that he gives Timothy as an encouragement on how to talk to some of the people of his flock. Paul writes, Command those who are rich in this present world not to be arrogant, nor to put their hope in wealth, which is so uncertain, but to put their hope in God, who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. Command them to do good, to be rich in good deeds, and to be generous and willing to share. In this way, they will lay up treasure for themselves as a firm foundation for the coming age, so that they may take hold of life that is truly life. Timothy, guard what has been entrusted to your care. Turn away from godless chatter and the opposing ideas of what is falsely called knowledge, which some have professed and in so doing have departed from the faith. Grace be with you all. This is God's word. Well, let me just say first off that as I read through this text the first time and began to study this, it took some wrestling for me. It took some some time for me to sit down and ponder what was going on in this text. And I want to tell you why. It's because Paul is talking to Timothy about Timothy, in turn, addressing rich people. Now, it seems pretty straightforward. Um, but who are the rich people? Well, it seems like Timothy would be able to figure that out in his community. Who are the rich people in his congregation? Just just as easy as it would be for us to identify the rich people today. So there's a question for you. Who are the rich people today? Well, maybe your mind goes to a guy like Jeff Bezos, <laughs> worth billions and billions of dollars. He's the richest guy in the world right now, owner of Amazon. Uh, or do you think of Mark Zuckerberg? He He's very rich. He, he probably has only half the net worth of Jeff Bezos, but he's still a billionaire by a long shot. Maybe you think of Bill Gates. He used to be the richest guy in the world for a long time. You can think of probably a million different people who have a ton of money just like them. Or maybe you thought of somebody who is a little bit closer to home for you. Maybe you thought of a neighbor who has a a beautiful house and a fancy car and they can go on all these vacations. Maybe you think of a family member who lives somewhat of a lavish lifestyle. Uh, They can afford to do things that it would take you a long time to save up to do. Chances are you could think of somebody in your life that you'd consider rich. But I'm guessing, I'm just guessing, and you could prove me wrong, but I'm guessing that none of you thought of yourself as someone who is rich. And don't worry, I did not think of myself either. In fact, far from it. I I never would have considered myself to be rich. When we think of rich, we think of 
Someone who has more than I have. When we think of rich, we think of somebody who has it a bit easier in life. We tend to define somebody who is rich as somebody who has more than we have, somebody who has reached the point of making it. And we kind of want to get to that point someday. It's a natural progression throughout life. When you're in grade school or in high school, you just can't wait until the time when you're independent from your parents. When you can go make money and buy with that money whatever you'd like to buy, that they're not going to restrict you and that you can produce your own money. When you get to, to college, you're just looking forward to the day that you can buy real groceries Instead of eating ramen and mac and cheese every night, you look forward to the day when you can provide for yourself in a way that you couldn't when you were in college. When you graduate college, you just yearn for a time when you won't have that student debt anymore, when you can actually use some of your money to do something fun rather than paying off loans. When you buy your first house or your first car, it's not too long before you start looking for the day when you can upgrade and get a nicer house or a nicer car. We could go on and on and on with that list. We always think that there's going to be a time when thing will, things will get easier. It's a thought that we all have, that I will be happy when I get to this point. Once I have this much, I will feel safe and secure. We come to believe that there's a point in our life financially where all of our problems will melt away. And it's maybe for this reason that none of us really classify ourselves as rich people because we could always have more because we always want more. We daydream about having more so we can be comfortable, so we don't have to worry and so that we can have a good life. Believe me, it's not wrong to want to be free from worry and to have a good life. But when you look at money this way, you are looking for something in money that it cannot give. Paul said to Timothy, command those who are rich in this present world not to be arrogant, and here's the big part, nor to put their hope in wealth. When you put your hope in wealth, you are expecting wealth to give you something that it was never designed to give. Money can allow you to experience things that that make you happy, but money cannot fulfill your internal desire for eternal happiness. Money sure can allow you to feel secure from potential threats of this world, but money cannot protect you from the far more dangerous spiritual threats that surround you. Money can make you feel certain and sure for a time, but the certainty of wealth is fickle. Money can leave as fast as it comes. The message of our text this morning is a message for all of us. Whether you consider yourself rich or not, the message is don't look to money to give you what it can't give. Don't put your hope in wealth. Jesus is the only sure hope. At the cross, Jesus secured true security for you. He secured your forgiveness by buying it with his blood. With Jesus, there's no need to think that you need to reach a certain level of richness to be secure. You are secure through his blood. 
He has made you sufficient for salvation. And that, brothers and sisters, makes you rich. At the cross, Jesus won for you riches that will never fade or perish. It's quite a bit different than money. When you look at money for hope, you're looking at it as you place it into an investment account. And you're hoping that that investment account will grow. And when that investment account dries up, (laughs) when the stock market crashes, that money left just as quickly as it came. When you build up money in your bank account and all of a sudden a surprise medical bill comes up, that money leaves as fast as it came. Looking to money for protection and for security is is fickle. Money fades. Even if it hasn't faded in this life for you, even if you, you still have all of your investment accounts, even if your bank account is so full, your money will fade when you fade. You're not going to be able to take that money with you when you die. But Jesus has won for you something that will never fade or perish. The eternal riches that he has set aside for you are good for this life and on into eternity. That's what Jesus has won for you. From this wealth, from this wealth of spiritual riches, comes a generous heart. That's the source. The spiritual riches are the source of your spiritual wealth. And from those come a generous heart. And that's Paul's encouragement here. When your riches are found in Christ, something amazing happens with your attitude towards money. I want you to picture it this way. Start by picturing a closed fist. This closed fist represents a person who finds their ultimate security and protection and hope and peace and future in money. They're sure not going to let that money go. They're going to give that money a death grip because this is what holds their security and protection and hope and future. And if they let it go, they lose all of that. The closed fist also represents the person who believes that the money that they have is their money, that it's not God's money. And in turn, they become possessive and territorial, thinking that this is my money. But the gospel changes attitudes. Those attitudes are are transformed by the richness you find in Christ. The death grip that you used to have on your money begins to loosen when you find your riches in Christ. When your true security, protection, and hope are found in Christ, you are able to let go of money because you're not looking for money to provide you with those things. Above all that, you start to realize that you are not the owner of this money. You are the manager. This is God's money and he has given you this money and he's given you the ability to earn that money. It is a great blessing from God. Generous. God has given us the proper perspective. And here he's given us a promise as well. The generosity you show here on earth is not without effect. Your generosity certainly helps others. We can readily see that. Your generosity helps the church. 
at Sure Foundation, because we're a new mission, you're going to be able to see firsthand the effects of some of your, your mission dollars. You're, you're going to be able to see the fact that we're one day we're going to buy land and one day we're going to build a church and one day we're going to be sitting in that church and praising God and you're going to see the results of your generosity. As more people get to hear about Jesus and Brandon because of the money that you were giving, you're going to see the fruits of your gifts. But there's also a personal effect to giving. As you practice generosity more and more, God blesses you through it. You are building a firm foundation and you're reinforcing the truth that true richness is found in Christ. You see, when you give and when you practice giving, you are practicing keeping that hand open. It's our natural inclination to, to move that hand back into a fist and to hold on to our money. But the more you practice generosity, the more that hand stays open. The more you, you practice generosity, the more your heart stays away from being attached to money. The, the devil knows and God also knows that, that our hearts are inclined to attach to money. But the more we practice generosity and the more we discipline ourselves to do that, the more we hold on to our spiritual richness in Christ, the more that hand stays open and the more we're able to be generous with God and with others. So can we make a deal, friends? Let's not make money a taboo topic. Let's talk about it in the church so that we can always remember how we can serve God with money and that we are always reminded where our true riches lie. Amen.